the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the swanky Fearless Agent Podcast headquarters for real estate sales professionals just like you. So what do we do? Well, we explain that everything Every single thing you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. So today I just wanted to talk about uh, really how to get the most out of this podcast. And uh, so here's what I would recommend. If you're driving in a car, do not follow what I'm going to tell you. So if you're not, take notes. Because uh, we cover a lot of the basics uh, and the basics – when you're a fearless agent, coaching student, the basics are everybody else's advanced, OK? So take some notes. You know, this is recorded so you can play it over and over. And then uh, if at any time you think fearless agent coaching might be right for you, well, we do have investable opportunities as we like to say. So, you know, I always think of um, – how I got where I am. Um, not that I should be so proud of that, but you know, how did I get here? You know, I have coaching students uh, that over the years I've made them ridiculously rich. For some reason, over the holidays, I had a whole bunch of people that were my coaching students. Excuse me, call me, thanking me for the great year they had. And they're all going, oh, I couldn't have done it without you. And I go, well, you know, here's the thing. You, di- you did it. You did the work. I pointed you in the right direction and you did the work. And they think I'm so amazing only because every other coach is pointing in the opposite direction. So what we do in our coaching is the exact opposite of what everybody else does. That's why my students are so much more successful. So they're very grateful. That's gratifying. And then, you know, there was me. I started out as a miserable failure in real estate for five years, like many of you have probably experienced that, because I did what the industry and all those other coaches said to do, and it didn't work. And then I met Floyd Wickman, who was my mentor, my coach, now my very great friend. He's like a father figure to me. And, uh, you know, Floyd's mentor and friend was Zig Ziglar, who is no longer with us. I think he passed away in... uh, 2012. But you're all familiar with Zig. So Zig said things that uh, are important to me. You know, one of the things he said that my favorite quote of Zig's is that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you can do it well. And, uh, you know, that sounds right to me. And then the other thing he said was, uh, if you're always getting better, then you're always at your best. You know, So even if I really stink at something, and there are things in my life that I stink at, and my wife will be only too happy to tell you, uh, I'm getting better. 
so I'm always at my best. So he imparts these words of wisdom and and the way he is and a bunch of that somehow rubs off on his friend and mentee, Floyd Wickman. So then I meet Floyd and I'm just one of those guys who says, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. He's got this figured out. Who am I to argue with Floyd, right? And, uh, you know, like I, I remember saying things to Floyd. Floyd's just a guy that has great wisdom. I said to Floyd uh, one time, I said, Floyd, wouldn't it be better to call people in the evening, you know, when I'm cold calling, wouldn't it be better to call in the evening when more people are home? And Floyd said, Bob, the time of day you've been calling ain't the problem we've been having with you, is it? <laughs> so I go, yeah, that's right. Maybe I should just call in the morning and the evening and then we'll see how that works out. Turns out the morning was better. Anyway, but uh, calling all day was better. So Floyd imparts this stuff to me and then hopefully a bunch of this stuff rubs up on you. And my coaching students are, are richer for that. So, you know – if if you don't need money, honestly, uh, I don't coach too many people that don't need money. It's hard for me to get people to do the basics if they don't need money. A lot of people, they'll sign up for coaching because they're under pressure, but there's no money pressure. Uh, maybe they're, you know, I would teach a uh, so when I was a Floyd Wickman trainer, I would travel around the country, fly all over the country doing that. And there were people there that were under pressure from their broker to do it. They weren't really wanting to do it. You know, They weren't willing to make the little homework assignments. We would give people their absolute number one priority. Uh, they were not willing to be on time and show up for every session and stay till the end. You know, we would have them fill out a little weekly report. They weren't willing to do that. They uh, weren't willing to telephone prospect enough to schedule five listing appointments a week. They, uh, they wouldn't get in the door on enough for sale by owners or expireds each week to complete their homework. They wouldn't attend three listing appointments a week. They were uh, very eager to embrace negativity uh, or worst of all, this would be the worst of all, they didn't get my jokes. That's a very bad sign. If somebody doesn't get my jokes, I go, oh, this guy probably doesn't have what it takes to, you know, not to succeed in real estate. They'd do fine, but just, you know, to be with me for six weeks straight. So I think that's the way real estate is. You have to say, hey, I'm going to get commitment. So last week we talked about commitment. So if you're going to commit to real estate, you know, what do you, who, who do you have to be? Well, again, if you don't need money, I, I don't think you're going to do it, really. I see very few agents that have a very wealthy spouse or something that are going to be doing what I would recommend they do. Um, they, if they don't make you know, the work their number one priority, if you're not going to show up for work on time and stay all day, you know, like you'd have to at a nine-to-five job or a regular civilian job, if you want to call it that, if you're, if you're not going to keep track of your numbers and know your numbers at least a little bit, if you're not willing to prospect enough, uh, you're not, if you say, yeah, I'm going to do FISBOs, but I'm not going to do expired. If you say, I'm going to do expires, but I'm not going to do FISBO. If you say, I'm going to do this. You know, like I talked to a guy 
uh, yesterday, and he does 50 transactions a year. You know, successful guy. Uh, but he only does expireds. I said, how in the world did that happen? Think about it. How many of all the the uh, the sellers in America that are going to pay a real estate agent uh, this week, you know, close escrow and pay a real estate agent this week or this month or this year, what percentage of them were ever for sale by owners or ever expired with a previous realtor? You know, it's probably 8%. That's a tiny – so there's 90% of the of the market that he's not tapping into. And he is successful. He's doing 50 transactions. Nobody would laugh at that. But he could make a lot more money. And again, he's been doing this for um, you know quite a few years. But I have agents that have been with me for only one year that are doing 120. I've got business agents that have been with me for – they've been in real estate for three years that are doing 160. So if you're not committed to attending three listing appointments a week, and again, if you're negative, if you're a nathery nabob of negativism, in the words of Spiro Agnew, uh, or if you don't get my jokes, it's just not a good sign. So I call my company Fearless Agent for a reason because I believe it is fear that keeps people from going on the listing appointment. It keeps people from prospecting. Most people don't want to prospect because they say, oh, what happens if they say yes? Then I'm going to have to go. I'm not going to be great. Other people will be better than me. I'm competing with all these other so-called great agents and that's what keeps people from prospecting. You know, I, and it reminds me of a, a time I was flying to uh, San Diego, California. So I'm in the Phoenix airport, Terminal 4, lovely. It's like a mall. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the gate area. I'm waiting to get on my plane. And, and there's uh, all these young guys. They're like, uh, you know, they look high school age. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, where are these guys going? What are they doing? Are they like uh, scouts or maybe they're, um, you know, youth group from a church or, you know, and they all have these little manila folders or, you know, whatever they got. So I'm thinking I'm going to go ask them what they're doing because I'm nosy, you know. And then I got distracted or whether. So I end up getting on my plane. They're all on my plane and then two of them sit next to me. They And they all look kind of nervous, you know. So they sit next to me on the plane and uh, the guy sitting next to me, he says, oh, I'm so nervous, you know. And they're like sweaty nervous, not, not good. So then the flight attendant, she gets on the uh, – PA system. And she says, hey, we've got a special group of people with us today on our Southwest flight. She goes, we have 40 brand new recruits to the United States Marines going to Camp Pendleton. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, now I know why they're nervous. Yeah, now I know. So these kids sitting next to me, there's two of them, but the one that's sitting right next to me, he is literally clammy, sweaty, nervous. And he says no less, no less than 10 times to me. He goes, I can't believe how nervous I am. And I'm thinking, I think we need to be worried about Homeland Security. This guy, I'm thinking, does he have what it takes to be a United States Marine, this kid? I don't think so. So what's going to happen to little nervous Nelly here over the next 12 weeks in boot camp? Training, basic training, right? And what's going to happen to little nervous Nelly here 
is they're going to turn him into a wind-him-up, point-him-straight-ahead killing machine. That's what's going to happen. He's not going to be nervous because he'll be trained. And I would venture to say that there is no harder job than to be a United States Marine in combat. That is a very hard job. But there is one job that's harder, and that would be to be the enemy of a United States Marine in combat. Believe me, you would not want that job. So, you know, real estate, being a fearless agent, coaching student, it, it also is a hard job. It's not easy to be a fearless agent coaching student. We give you basic training and then we give you advanced training. But you know what? There is a harder job than to be a fearless agent and that would be to be the competitor of a fearless agent on the next listing appointment you go on. Believe me, you would not want that job either. So what is it that we do that makes people special. And again, like Floyd said, you know, it's not what special people, who they are that makes them special. It's what they do. Well, you're going to be doing things that are different than what all the other agents do. And I'm talking about not just different, a little bit better. It's completely opposite. It's completely different. It's I do business completely differently than all other agents. So what happens? Well, it virtually guarantees you that your house not only will sell, but you would end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars that you would never get any other way if you used a competitor of a fearless agent coaching student. We know how to do stuff that they don't know how to do. And they don't know how to do it because they've been taught all the wrong things to do. Everything's backwards, upside down, crazy by all the other coaches in the real estate industry. It's insane. So if you want to learn, you know, if if what we talk about on our podcast here, if any of it makes sense to you and you're thinking, hey, I'm earning less selling real estate than I wish I was. And I'm open to the idea of having some help with that. If that's you. Then, you know, you can learn more. You can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. I'm not too busy to talk to you. And, you know, let's just see if what you're trying to do and, uh, you know, what we do at Fearless Agent, if that would be a good fit for you. And I love talking to realtors. I don't, I don't want you to think you're bothering me. Please don't email me. Please don't text me. And the reason I say that is because there's no such thing as emailing or texting in sales. Sales is about the telephone, so I practice what I preach. I want you to call me. If you do email me, I'm going to call you. I'm not going to email you. I'll tell you that. If you do text me, I'm going to call you. So if you can't afford our coaching but you wish you could, please go to fearlessagent.com. Watch our free uh, or webinar where it's uh, – uh, like a free test drive. It's about 45 minutes long. Take a bunch of notes. Go to the video training page. My guarantee to you is those free videos will be better coaching than you would pay any other coach any amount of money for in America. And if you ever have a question, you can always call me because we want to help you afford fearless agent coaching someday if it's right for you. So, again, you can always call me anytime. So, you know, we always talk – everybody always talks about goal setting and, 
and stuff like that. And uh, I would um, I would say this. I want you to give high-quality presentations, five of them, listing, pricing, for sale by owner, buyer, investor. And then one other, I guess that would be six, is how to present offers to your sellers and to other people's sellers if you do that the correct way. And then uh, and then keep track of your stats. So, uh, you know, I have a little um, uh, goal that I'm trying to do. So there's a uh, – I read a book one time called How to Read a Book. I highly recommend that book. It's by Mortimer Adler. He is the uh, – I believe the editor of the Encyclopedia Britannica. I don't know if he's dead. I don't know if the guy's still alive or what. But but I was reading a book and then the, the guy recommended that book and then he says there's this set of books called The Great Books. I think it's called The Great Books of Western Civilization and they were published by Encyclopedia Britannica. There's 54 volumes. I think it starts with Homer and it ends with Freud and, you know, it's all the stuff in between. Thucydides, Aeschylus, all these, you know, philosophers, you know, Plato, all that kind of stuff. Not Plato, Plato. It's different. So um, the 54 volumes include about 27,000 pages. So my goal, I think, I'm going to read this whole set of books. You know, then I'll, I'll be smarter because, uh, you know, honestly, how could I be dumber? It couldn't hurt me. So if it takes me an hour to read 20 pages and let's say there's 300 reading days in the year, then I can read 6,000 pages per year and it would take me about four and a half years to read the whole set of books. Well, you know what? I'm halfway done. I'm halfway through that, you know, 54 volumes. So I'm 20-some volumes in or 30 almost. So if you break your goal down to a little manageable thing, so if I every day, all I got to do is read for an hour, 20 pages, and then in four and a half years, I've read this whole thing. And, and, and by the way, there's colleges that use that set of books as their entire core curriculum. I think King's College is one of them that does that. And there's probably others. But so breaking your goal down. So think, think about this. What is your average sales price going to be? Okay. So just write down your average sales price. So let's just I'm going to – for those of you who are in smaller markets, let's say it's 150000 OK? If you have a 3 percent commission, which is $4,500, OK? So if your 3 percent commission – by the way, all fearless agents get 4 percent, but that's beside the point. But the half the commission would be 4 percent. If you're a fearless agent, it would be 3 percent. The buyer should always get 3 percent, buyer agent. So if you if you have to go on three presentations to get one listing sold, then we divide that forty five hundred by three, and each presentation is fifteen hundred dollars. So let's pretend I schedule five listing appointments. I go on three because two of them canceled. Every time I go on the presentation, whether I get it or not, I'm earning fifteen hundred dollars. That's the way to look at it. So if I said to you, I'm going to pay you $1,500 
to go on a listing presentation, whether you get it or not, would you go? Of course you would. And some of the, and this number would be much larger for many of you because many of you sell $500,000 homes. So, or $300,000 homes, these numbers would be double. It would be $9,000 and each one you went on would be $3,000, right? So, if you if it takes 5 appointments scheduled to equal 3 presentations given, then roughly each appointment you schedule, you're earning $1,000. So, if your goal is to do 40 transactions a year and you schedule five listing appointments a week, every time you schedule a listing appointment, you're earning $1,000. Well, whether you, no matter how many you schedule, you're earning $1,000. So if I said, I'm going to give you $1,000 for every listing appointment you schedule. Now, here's the way the listing appointment has to be. First of all, they have to have to sell. They have to be owner-occupied, let's say. They have to need the money from the one they're selling to buy the one they're buying. Or maybe they're going to an old folks' home, but they need the money. And they have to sell, you know, within the next three months. And they have to be, if they're married, both of the people have to want to sell and they both have to be there at the appointment when you get there. You have to find out uh, how much they think their house is worth by asking the million-dollar question. Oh, you don't know what the million-dollar question is? Oh, here's the million-dollar question. If you were going to win a million dollars, Mr. Seller, by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? That's the million-dollar question. So they have to get that answered. Then you have to find out how much they owe. Then you book the appointment that has to be at either 2.30 or 7 p.m. And they have to be serious right now sellers. And hopefully they're nice and sane and smart and they have a ton of equity to pay you with. Okay, So that's the minimum requirement for the listing appointment schedule. So if I'm going to pay you $1,000 American this week for every one of those that you schedule – I want you to just write down what's the number you would schedule. Go ahead, write it down. And now we're going to find out if you're allergic to money. How many did you write down? Did you write down five? Now, when I do this in a room full of 100 realtors at a speaking gig, no one writes down a number less than five. No one does. Literally no one. But how many of them did it last week? Well, why didn't they do it last week? Because they really didn't think it through. Now, how many hours of telephone prospecting do you think it would take you on average to schedule one appointment? Now, again, you can call your sphere asking for referrals and if they want to sell their house. You can call uh, brand new for sale by owners. You can call brand new expireds and canceled. You can cold call up and down the street through neighborhoods. Uh, You can – yeah, that's what you can do. So those are the things you can do. So how many hours of telephone prospecting do you think it would take you to schedule one appointment? Just guess. Write it down. Okay. So if your average sales price is 150, 
and for many of you it's more than that, but let's just pretend it's 150. Uh, and you wrote down two hours. You know, you're probably right. Uh, that would be you earning $500 an hour. What if you wrote down four hours? If you think it would take you four hours of telephone, well, let's say it did. I wouldn't be uh, one bit surprised. I wouldn't be sad. I would be happy for you. Then you would be earning $250 an hour, okay? Just so you know, the president of the United States earns less than that. Uh, if you did six hours, if it, if it took you six hours, you'd be earning $150 an hour. If it took you eight hours, which is literally unimaginable, if it took you eight hours, it would take you – you'd be earning $125 an hour. And if you worked a 40-hour job earning $125 an hour, you'd be earning $250,000 a year. So the question is, is it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. Think of the last job you had, civilian job where you're earning $250,000 a year, where you're earning $125 an hour. So if your average sales price is 300000 it would be double those numbers. But I will tell you this. It's probably harder. It probably takes more hours. The, but but if, you're, if you're telephone prospecting, it's highly unlikely you're going to be earning less than $400 an hour. So what's the secret to goal setting? Well, it's to break it down because I think breaking it down and, and saying, yeah, I'm earning a whole lot of money doing that. Now, here's the question. If you're earning $125 an hour or you're earning $400 an hour, Let's just say either one of those is true. Probably it's 400. What other activity do you have available to you in real estate where you could make more money than that per hour? Would holding open houses make you more dollars per hour than that? I don't think so. Would uh, screwing around on Facebook or social media, uh, Snapchat, uh, LinkedIn, uh, would all the would would going to that title company free sub sandwich lunch would that would going to one of those networking death traps would that would that uh, well, that would give you a little self a little self esteem at best so excuse me I'm going to hit the coughing button oh thank God we have a coughing button so there's probably no activity that you could do today that's going to make you more dollars per hour and give you a greater likelihood of scheduling five listing appointments a week. So if that's true today, would it be true tomorrow and the day after that? So yeah, it's always true. So what you want to do, maybe, and again, if you're allergic to the phone and money and you don't want to do telephone prospecting and you want to work with buyers, that's fine. Then do open houses. But if you're, if you like money and you like and you're okay on the phone and you want to do listings, then you're never going to make more money per hour doing anything other than telephone prospecting. That's obviously true if you just think it through. So take your annual goal. You know, let's say your annual goal is is to uh, uh, earn $150,000 a year. Uh, and your average sales price is one hundred and fifty thousand, 
and your average commission maybe turns out to be 2.5% because sometimes you have to throw hush money at things like how much money am I going to have to write on this check to shut you up? You know, I have to give commission away to get something to happen. Or you're working with a buyer and you can't control how much they pay you. So your average commission is 37.50. And then you take uh you know some money off for the split and some money off for marketing and fees and all that and you end up with you know whatever it is and then divide your annual income goal by your per transaction taxable income and that tells you the number of closings you need but my goal for you is always going to be to schedule 5 listing appointments a week minimum okay then you'll end up working 40 weeks you get eight weeks off of non-working weekdays and then you end up you know, hitting your goal. If 40 is your goal, you do that by scheduling five. And again, like we talked about last week, keep track of these things. The hours that you prospect, the listing appointments that you schedule, the listing appointments that you attend, the listings that you take, the sales with buyers that go under contract that you make, the listings of yours that go under contract, listings sold, in other words, the number of closings, and then maybe the prices attached to all those things. But at an absolute minimum, keep track of the hours that you prospect, the listing appointments scheduled, the listing appointments attended, then the listings taken. What should you never keep track of? Failing agents always keep track of the same stuff. So this is what failing agents, they always know these numbers. How many contacts did I make? Contacts made is a worthless stat. Not, you know, the guy who schedules five listing appointments a week, they never know how many contacts they made. It was all of them. The guy who schedules one a week, he knows how many contacts he made because he's focused on the wrong thing. You just don't get off the phone until you've hit your goal. So, I want to thank you for joining us today. I want you to visit us at fearlessagent.com because there's lots of ways we can help you for free. You can always call me directly at 480-385-8810. If you're a company owner and you're recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were, we can help you with that too if you go to fearlessagentrecruiting.com. Uh, you can visit us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all those time-wasting activities. Um, but until next week, here's what I want you to remember. Always have fun. You're in the most funnest business ever. Funnest, is that a word? Most funnest. Always be humble. No matter how great you get as a fearless agent, always be humble. And most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.